You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. The unfortunate reality, 80 to 90% of people start to develop interest in, in, in health and longevity from their own wake-up call, from external shock that you receive. And it's and it usually a significant deterioration of your own health or the health of someone that you love, uh, usually immediate family, and you're like, oh my God, I was neglecting this whole kind of healthy living part of my life, or and then, well, here it comes. Here's the shock. So, and that's it's similar to what is happening on the government level. So health was and is always important for us, but never urgent. And human beings or our governments, they're always working on something which is both urgent and important. So you need to have a wake-up call to think that health is urgent and important and you start to work on that. I'm really hopeless, like, you know, trying to change that. So I just accepted that this is the way we are, we've been constructed. That was Sergey Young. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Welcome and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I sync up with Sergey Young, author of The Science of Growing Young, a new book about what the future looks like for aging and what we can do now to best improve our chances at living longer, healthier. Sergey is also a longevity investor and visionary with a mission to extend the healthy lifespans of 1 billion people. He is the founder of the Longevity Vision Fund, one of the few funds specializing exclusively in longevity and helping to accelerate longevity breakthroughs. And he is the development sponsor of Age Reversal X Prize, a global initiative designed to cure aging and age-related diseases. During our conversation, Sergey and I think up about where his journey into longevity began, the inspiration behind his new book, which is all about longevity, extending our lifespan and health span, and the many futuristic and not so futuristic methods on the horizon. We also talk about what it means to grow young. Before we dive in, shout out to my sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness Unlock the power of your potential and use our code Cheers Marnie for 25% off. Now, back to our guest. Sergey and I also cover one of my favorite topics 
DIY health and at-home testing. We talk about some of the wearables, portables, embeddables, and ingestibles that help with early diagnosis of disease and why early diagnosis and detection of disease is paramount. Sergey offers ideas on how you can build your own dashboard of health markers and get ahead of so many diseases that can be easily avoided. We dive into the biotech landscape and the many innovations on the near and far horizon, including stem cell therapy, organ regeneration, 3D bioprinting, and how human genome sequencing is paving the way for new technological advancements in healthcare. We also discussed some of the obstacles for these concepts and innovations to be adopted by mainstream consumers from health insurance barriers and affordability to the moral and ethical use of technology and the regulatory landscape ahead. This conversation is full of education, innovation, and eye-opening, game-changing science. So I hope you enjoy. If you do, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to the Apple app, click on the Money on the Move podcast, scroll through the episodes till you get to the five stars, then click on five stars and click on leave a review. Tell us what you love about this episode or about whatever episode you're listening to. Feel free to share this episode on your social media channels, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and don't forget, sign up for our newsletter, The Download. Now, on to my conversation with Sergey. It's so great to meet you, finally. I'm loving your, your book. It's amazing. The Science and Technology of Growing Young. It's all about longevity, expanding our lifespan, health span. Is it true that you want to live to be 200? Yes and no. So uh, yes, to the extent I want to live much longer than we all can expect, okay? And I want everyone to have this choice. So, and whether it's going to be healthy and happy 100 years or 120 years, 150 years and, or 200 years, it doesn't really matter. I, I have plenty of ideas, you know, dreams in this world. So I need more years, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of yes part. The no part is, uh, the funny thing, I am a big fan of, of the now horizon. I'm a big fan of what you can do right now to, to change your life, to be healthy and happier. Right. But the problem is, once you start talking about this, people like 80% of people uh, are checking out. They were like, Sergey, my mom told me that. Why do I need to bother with diet, physical activity, mental health, this kind of thing? So I've invented this whole horizon thing. Yeah. And luckily, you know, I, I, I had a lot of friends who can help me with the far horizon of longevity, which is 25, 50 years from now, world of human avatars and internet of bodies. We're investing in the near horizon which is 10, 20 years from now and gene editing, organ regeneration, longevity in the field. But in the end of the day, everything I've done in the book and in the world is to motivate and stimulate people to make a change now, today, yeah. along this, you know, all longevity buckets and, and, and changes. So I, so I created this 200 years so I can shock yeah. the audience. And they're like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. Like, can we really live to 200 years? And then, then I can feed the people with like, you know, some ideas or almost like an action plan of what can be done right now. 
Right. So, and, and if we're going to live to 200 years, it's going to be in stages, right? Something we can do now, then within the near horizon, it's going to be, you know, different technologies which will be available to us. We can break the barrier of uh, maximum lifespan of 122 years. And then who knows what will, um, uh, what will arrive and what will be available later. But in the end of the day, it started with communication, but oh, I do have sincere desire to live longer, healthy and happier version of my life, as well as I want to offer this to everyone on the planet. Right. And I mean, and you have kids and, you know, it's like you want to see them grow up and you have the opportunity knowing now what we know and what's happening with science that you can, you can live a longer, healthier life. I think 115 is a good number for me just because I want to do the Kona Ironman at 90. And mm -hmm. I, I think that that will be the time. I mean, if everybody's living longer, though, then I don't know if I'll qualify. But I'm thinking that that might be the year that I qualify. <laughs> for getting in because I'm so slow. But yeah, I mean, I'm joking, but seriously, I mean, how, how did you get into this? Like, how did you get into the world of longevity and science? This is really interesting. Yeah. Like, and I do think the definition of like the young generation, like the old generation will change as well. So by the moment you'll reach your 80 or 90, yeah. you're still gonna be like an adult, not like the old person, right? right? Whatever old person means in, uh, in this field. But this is, this is all great. <clears throat> the other important takeaway from your remark now is I don't think that the life extension and or some people you know, want to call it immortality. I'm not a big fan of immortality. It's not going to be your decision at once. Okay. Right. It's, so it's not like it's going to be one day in your life when you, when you say, I'm going to be living to 120 years and that's it. Right. So the whole life extension, knowing what I know about this sector and longevity technologies today, it's going to be a series of your life extension decisions. So like every three, five, seven, 10 years, you going to make a choice. Whether you want to live another 10 years or so, just to enjoy, like take the benefit of what technology and science has to offer to you in this state and then make this decision. So that's, that's important takeaway. So coming back to your question, Marnie. Yeah. Uh, how do I, did I get into this? So the unfortunate reality, 80 to 90% of people start to develop interest in, 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 in health and longevity from their own wake-up call, from external shock that you receive. And it's, and it's usually a significant deterioration of your own health or the health of someone that you love, uh, usually immediate family. And you're like, oh my God, I was neglecting this whole kind of healthy living part of my life. Or, and then, well, here it comes. Here's yeah. the show. So, and that's it's similar to what is happening on the government level. So, health was and is always important for us, but never urgent. Right. And human beings or our governments, they're always working on something which is both urgent and important. So, you need to have a wake up call to think that health is urgent and important. Right. And you start to work on that. Yeah. Is, yeah, I, yeah, look, I'm really hopeless, like, you know, trying to change that. So I just accepted that this is the way we are, we've been constructed. Yeah. But for me, I had two wake up calls. One is lung cancer case of my father back in 2005. He survived, but the quality of his life has never recovered. Uh, and uh, for me personally, it was back in 2014 when I discovered I have extremely high cholesterol level. Then I find out I'm, I'm just genetically predisposed 
to high cholesterol level in my blood. But at this time, I had a choice to live on statins, on special class right. of drugs, which, which are low in cholesterol, and take, that, and, and take it every day until the rest of my life, or to change my lifestyle, you know, change my diet, you know, physical activity, um, supplementation. And, and, and I decided to do, to use the second option. And I was like, so delighted with the outcome of that. Like in six months, I was completely different man, full of energy, very healthy. And I was like, oh my God, I, I always thought that it, it's only drugs and like medicine and like healthcare right. can make you healthy. But we neglected, we forgot about our ability of our own body and, and mind to respond to natural interventions and lifestyle changes. Yeah, I mean, did you just did you add oatmeal to your diet? Is that one of the things that you did to help change yeah, your cholesterol? So, because yeah. that people swear by that. Yeah. So you know what I've done, uh, and it's part of you know what I explain in the bonus chapter of the book. Uh, it's actually called "Who Wants to Live Forever," <laughs> uh, but it, it is about ten longevity choices that you can do today. This is for me. This is the most important part of yeah. the book. It's called bonus chapter. It's twice as long as any other chapter in the book. But for me, it's like I can relate to it. So what I've done, um, well, first of all, is the diet. Yeah. And and we and through I think through centuries, not even not thousand years, we we always heard this saying that food can be your medicine and or can be your poison. And uh, in the current society, we kind of forgot this. So what I thought uh, I, I'll do. So first of all, I, I just took a very plant-based view on my diet. So disproportionately more plants, vegetables, it's a, they're full of fiber. Uh, they, they really uh, kind of helpful uh, and supportive of our body, um, you know, health optimization. So it was a lot of vegetables. They have a lot of fiber. They absorb cholesterol, uh, one. Second, I decreased the amount of red meat that uh, I was consuming. Uh, in favor of white meat, and then I actually switched to more like um, fish protein. So the protein that you, the, you, you take from fish or from seafood as well. So it's, it's, yeah. it's lower cholesterol, it's full of omega-3, and this is much healthier. So right now, I'm not vegetarian or, uh, and I'm not vegan, but I'm really sympathetic with uh, that choice. But I really minimized like the, the amount of you know, animal and, and fish protein that I'm taking. What else? A lot of water. I took out, you know, all the sugary, sugary drinks, and I started to do fasting as well. I'm really enjoying. It. Actually, I'm you fasting too. today. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what I'm doing, and and what I've started to do, like every week, I'm fasting for 36 hours. Wow. So we we're making this episode. It's uh, Tuesday. I start on Monday evening, and I'll finish on uh, Wednesday morning with breakfast so it's 36 hours i'm full of energy i'm so happy you know i can i can do it you know every week but it was very helpful as well so and and supplementation wise it really comes down to omega-3 like the best possible source that you can take the most you know high powered one um anything else yes i i took a lot of seaweed i actually i'm in love with seaweed because i'm using japan as one of the models for longer living and I'm, I'm having like six different types of seaweed yeah. on six months rotations. Like every month, I would like, you know, this month I'm doing chlorella. Uh, uh, next month I'm doing kelp. And then I'm doing 
I think it's called Fukuizan. It's uh, it's a Japanese version of uh, brown um, seaweed. Yeah, so I'm rotating like six different types of seaweed in the course of six months. How come you're doing that? Or are you just like trying out different ones that work for you differently? Yeah, so you know, like, yeah. And uh, and <clears throat> so I know like two very distinctive, uh, distinct group of people. One say like supplements, they're great. It's all yeah. kind of natural power, natural forces. And the other ones is like, you know, there's no evidence that it actually works. Of course, it's because it comes from mother nature. Yeah. So no, no one uh, has the commercial interest to test that because you can't have your IP. You can't like charge extra profit on that. So that's why it's, it's available to everyone. So I, I'm, I'm kind of a guy who believes in supplement. I'm typical placebo man. Yeah. If I believe it works, then it works for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Cool. So you're preaching to the choir over here. I do a lot of traditional Chinese medicine. So And I take a lot of the adaptogens. I take cordyceps. I, I also alternate monthly different seasons depending on what I'm trying to do. But I definitely I take ashwagandha and cordyceps and then I also take an omega-3 vitamin d and I love chlorella I put chlorella in every single smoothie but I'm curious about the other seaweeds because I think you know yeah well this is what I have I don't know if you can see that yeah this is I'm experimenting with mushrooms as well it's called ultimate shrooms whatever it means yeah I'm taking uh fiber that's good yeah this is really beautiful fiber from India and uh, it's so mild. So but I'm, I'm always experimenting with yeah, I different think supplements. Yeah, to do that. I mean, I, I think it's like, you know, it's all part of the process and you can only get so much from the food you eat. So it's, it's like you have to kind of give yourself a boost, right? Back to your book, The Science and Technology of Growing Young. It's all about, I already said this, but it's all about longevity, extending your lifespan, our health span. And so many of the things that you talk about in your book seem futuristic right but they're not they've been happening for decades it's not on the radar but these things are coming into mainstream norm culture so can you kind of give me like a little bit of an overview of the book and Mm -hmm. you know talk about your mission why you wrote it what's you know what you're what's going on yeah my mission is to bring affordable and accessible version of healthcare to the world so i want to help at least one billion people i want to help you know everyone on this planet to uh live healthier and happier version of their life and longer one as well uh, so to do that um I, I, i'm doing a lot of things so you know i'm i, I founded longevity vision fund this is the fund that we use to support entrepreneurs and scientists who are working on affordable and accessible medical devices, diagnostic tools as well. And I'm, I'm, and I'm so happy, like everything that we invest in is a 10, 20, not percent times improvement against current costs and against current practice. So I'm, I'm like super happy. We, we are on a, on a path to democratize the right. cost of healthcare. So that's, that's very important, specifically for US. Yeah. Because probably the most expensive healthcare system in the world. I mean, it's a major... Yeah, I mean, it's a major barrier to entry for so many people, which is why everyone thinks it's so woo-woo because their doctor's not telling them to do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's one. And 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 it's also working on fixing an equality gap in this regard because in in some of the cities in the U.S., like uh, the two zip codes, which are, you know, sharing the same border, 
can have up to 15 years of difference in, in lifespan. Can you imagine that, yeah. right? It's also economic. So coming back to your question, Longevity Vision Fund supporting scientists, entrepreneurs to bring much more affordable and, and efficient and effective version of healthcare. I'm also sponsoring Ageversal XPRIZE. This is pro bono competition, uh, technological competition for 100 teams around the world to bring their own version or intervention or discovery of age reversal technologies or age reversal discoveries. So we're trying to, to influence aging in its core and reverse aging processes inside our bodies so we can then you know, influence the level of our health. And I'm, I'm partnering with a lot of great minds. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I've, I'm just a small piece of it. I'm sponsoring development of that. But we have you know, amazing people on the team like George Church, uh, David Sinclair, Steve Horvath, uh, the inventor of uh, biological clocks, um, Terry Grossman, Ray Kurzweil, Peter wow. Diamantis. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blessed I have access to you know, all these amazing people. Neil Barzillai from New York, uh, the father of metformin and uh, the guy who's working on uh, TAME trial, the metformin trial here in the U.S. as a longevity drug. I was just um, going to ask it. you about that. Yeah. So, so they're working on metformin as a longevity drug because it's used for diabetes now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to metformin okay. and longevity and drug. And the book was uh, also an amazing tool because uh, so within Longevity Vision Fund, we're looking at 200 companies a year. And it's such an amazing information flow. I wanted to share it with people like, what do we see in, in the labs? What do we hear from entrepreneurs? What you know, like the best academics in the world have to share with us. And I thought this, this whole you know, discussion on longevity and how our, our ability to extend our life and lifespan and health span will change in the next five, 10 to 10, 15 years. This is what I want to share with, with people. So I wrote the book, The Structure, and, and it's going to be helpful for our conversation as well. So there's something that we'll already discuss with you today. It's, it's in the bonus chapter and what we can do now. And I usually go through like five longevity buckets from your annual screening to like, you know, peace of mind, which is mindfulness, meditation, sleep, et cetera. So this is important. And the main part of the book is actually dedicated to what I call a near horizon of longevity innovations. And these are technologies and scientific discoveries which will be available to us in the next five, 10, 15 years. They are already in development stage. It's just not massively available. And the three most promising things you know, from near horizon of longevity innovation is gene editing and gene therapy, organ regeneration, and longevity in the field. Our ability to use uh, you know, uh, drugs similar to metformin or rapamycin or the new drug to uh, address aging processes inside our body. And then there's, there's, there's the other horizon called uh, the far horizon of longevity. And then uh, it is 25, 50 years from now. Okay. And it's a completely different world where man and machine will become one, where our brain is going to be integrated with computer, where the world will consist of internet of bodies and we're all going to be interconnected and, and artificial intelligence will help us to manage our health. So that's, that's really far away. This will help us to live far beyond 150 years, even you know, 200 years. But... Is uh, like in addition to solving scientific and technological problems, we would need to solve the ethical problems as well. So there's just a lot of ethical issues, you know, 
uh, around Far Horizon of Longevity. So it's three buckets now, next 10, 20 years, near Horizon of Longevity, and then, you know, next 25, 50 years, whether, which is like super futuristic. Right now, we're talking about epigenetics, or we're talking about stem cell therapy, or all the things that are happening, or, like you said, organ regeneration, you know, which I'm completely fascinated by, or <laughs> AI. Thanks to science, innovation, entrepreneurship, we've seen so many of these game-changing tools that enable us to live longer, from DIY diagnostics, at-home health tests, regenerative medicine, genetic engineering, all of which you talk about in your book. Right now, we're in this era and age of DIY health and at-home testing. There is a lot of options out there. You know, like I use Inside Tracker, right? And I know you you know my friends at Inside Tracker, right? Yeah, I've been doing this yeah. for 2 years. So I have this opportunity to check, you know, 43 biomarkers I, I look at them, I see what's happening, which is why I was taking ashwagandha, how I knew to take vitamin D. I also have done some other tests that are like live blood tests at, at a doctor's office. And now I'm taking omega-3 and I've done you know epigenetic stress tests, but all these things are available and they're not so high end that you can't get them, right? And then yeah. I wear a continuous glucose monitor from Super Sapien, so I get to look at my glucose, but it is not paid for by your health insurance. These are my go-tos. You talk a lot about this in your book. What are some of the wearables, portables, embeddables, ingestibles that help with early diagnosis? Yeah, I, I mean, you touch on so many important points. And, and the, the first one is like, people usually concern like, where do I find money for that? Right. So, and and few considerations here. So one is actually eating mostly plant-based and, you know, heavily focused on vegetables version of the diet is actually cheaper than you know any other diet you can have in America. So... Even like if, if families switch to like home cooking and using mostly vegetables for, you know, home cooking, they're going to spend $950 less per household for food rather than, you know, even if you just, you know, your diet is mostly, you know, based on uh, fast food right. okay, options you have. So that's important. Second, I, I was always fascinated, like we spend you know, thousands of dollars on, on our cars every year, you know, there's no insurance to cover that. And like, we just neglecting the, the much more important issue in our life and it must, you know, more important, you know, body and, and tool like, an, or in the car, if you want, like our body and our mind. So I do think it's obviously, it's, it's an issue with uh, understanding our priorities an issue of our focus. So if you can afford to have a car, I mean, you should be able to afford spend you know, a few hundred dollars on managing and monitoring your health. Just, and I do think this, this whole kind of savings that we yeah. have from you know, going for cheap alternative or not spending you know, money today on, on, on our own health, on not paying extra, we just like, we're going to pay for this yeah. in the future. It's going to be like 5, 10, 20 times more expensive than prevention than today. Like literally, you know, treating almost any disease in preventive ways 10 to 20 times less expensive than reacting to this in emergency kind of room settings. So this is really important just to understand the power of prevention and your 
and developing your design and your ability of supporting the, your own choice of spending a little bit of you know, time and money and effort on that, I, I think it's super expensive. So what, what are the options today? Okay, well, first of all, well, let's start with wearables. So we tend to think that our wearables is you know, something which helps us to count 10,000 steps a day. Right. Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, our wearables are becoming our personalized healthcare devices. And I'm wearables agnostic. So you can see, you know, I'm trying Whoop on one hand. It's uh, Apple Watch. It's Oring. It continues glucose um, monitor as well. So uh, it doesn't really matter whether you, I mean, if you're in love with Garmin or Fitbit or Whoop uh, or Allo, it doesn't really matter. They all converge in, into this whole idea that very soon we're all going to be wearing devices which will measure 90 to 95% of our biomarkers. And like, you know, think about Apple Watch as just an example. Yeah. yeah. All we need to add is like, you know, glucose monitoring function there mm-hmm. and a blood pressure monitor. And this is in addition to like so many functions, health related functions that they already have there, right? Yeah. You know, you can fall down in the street, it will call ambulance for you, you can detect five different types of um, arrhythmia. I think that's the word. You can do electrocardiogram, you know, your blood oxygen level. Well, this is amazing. With your Apple Watch? Yeah. And, and the same, you know, happening or will happen with other wearables. So I do think it's really important to, to like pick up your own platform and stick to that for years. Because what it does is just collecting, you know, all this health data. And, and, and this thing will help you to manage and monitor and improve your own health. This is like yeah. really important. And the beauty of that, it's just immediate feedback, right? So, you know, if you uh, haven't done your 10,000 steps a day, you know, your wearable will give you, you know, a hard time. <laughs> or if you have anything risky um, happening in terms of your uh, heart work or, uh, you know, heart performance, uh, you're going to notice that you have like an emergency, you know, uh, which is about to happen inside your body and you need to like seek help. So, and we like due to wearables, we already saved so many lives in this world and we're going to save more and more and we're going to improve more and more. So the, one thing is, is really uh, just make sure you have your uh, choice of wearables and you stick to that. Yeah. So that's, that's and, and, and as, as well as you, Marnie, and, and a lot of people from our audience, I really love to experiment. So I'm, I'm waiting for my levels, just yeah. the other version of continuous yeah. glucose monitor and the app uh, to arrive uh, next week, right? I've heard a lot of great things about Whoop, and here I am. This is my second uh, month uh, on Whoop, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm using Aura Ring to monitor my sleep. Just this whole, just realizing this whole power of like immediate feedback. Yeah. You, you can get, you can have, it's just amazing way to manage your own health. So that's one. Second is, is, is <clears throat> realizing that diagnostics option that we have right now, it's, it's, um, they're just on a completely different level. It's not like in, in, in the course of the last 10 years, we yeah. made an enormous, um, uh, progress and um, uh, this is great. Well, first of all, <clears throat> early diagnostic of uh, killer diseases, as they call them, which is cancer, heart disease, diabetes, neurodegenerative disease, they're responsible for 90% of deaths after age of 50. So that's really important. Like early diagnostic of cancer 
increases your chances to survive up to 90 or even 100%, depending on your on the cancer type. Right. And this is amazing. And the quality of your life is going to be the same. While stage four, like late stage cancer, you know, recovery rates right. can be 10, 20, 30%. So it's just, it's super important to, to be proactive about diagnostic and use it. And like, there's so many diagnostic options that you have, like diagnostics in the box, like um, genome sequencing right. thing, right? right. You, can, you can, like, we are, we, we instill at early stage of like leveraging our, um, uh genomic medicine analysis and, and diagnostic but yeah you know, for some of the things uh it, it is important to understand that you've been genetically predisposed that uh, or some of the things like if you are genetically uh if you unlucky in genetic lottery and you have you know high risk of catching this particular cancer then you're going to be seeing doctor you know much more uh, right you're gonna go check it out get whatever tests you need to get and like get ahead of it Exactly. So um, genomic testing, microbiome testing, there's so many important takeaways uh, that you can take in terms of your diet or how to influence your health, you know, level of metabolism, uh, um, supporting your mitochondria, you can, you can do on, on your microbiome. Um, you know, like all these biomarkers, like bi biological clocks and, and different biomarkers of aging uh, that you can... Uh, uh, do like and whether it's inside tracker or you ask yeah. you you use um, you know any other provider it doesn't really matter the, the, the whole notion of it is just create this feedback loop for you to to take important kind of takeaways uh, like nutrients micronutrients vitamins like you know we I'm pretty sure like 90 or 95 percent of us are deficient of vitamin D we always under the roof right we are in the car or at home or in the office and it's like, there's no way for us to develop the, and, and receive enough of sunlight and develop the proper, uh, appropriate level of yeah. vitamin D inside our body. So we all need supplementation and it's like a really easy um, way to monitor that. And vitamin D can be toxic, unlike right. many other vitamins. So you want to measure not only like, you know, how close you are to the minimum, but also how close you are to the maximum. So you want to, you know, stay in the range. What else in terms of DIY diagnostics? So we develop, and we actually support through Longevity Vision Fund, so many in-box tools for cancer diagnostic, right? It's, uh, it's Cologuard. We haven't invested there, but like it's, it's your fecal test, but like you, it's just uh, an alternative. Cologuard, that's the uh, one I wanted to ask you about for your colon, right? It's like yeah. it's, you can do that as preventative measure to getting a colonoscopy, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, depending on the country. So colon cancer is dangerous, yeah. right? Because depending on the country, the current protocol, you do colonoscopy every two or three or five years. Right. Okay. So imagine, like, if this is five years, imagine, like, what if you were really unlucky and this whole, like, you know, late stage colon cancer develop itself in the course of, like, really in between of these two procedures. Right. I mean, you that. I mean, it's 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 a really dangerous type of cancer with very low recovery rates. So, like, what you can do? I mean, you just do this test, and or we invested in a company called Freenom, and they're going to be on the market uh, very soon. Uh, instead of you know this being a, like a fecal uh, test, they're going to take uh, blood tests. So it's called liquid biopsy. They take our blood. They they run artificial intelligence algorithm to see 
if there's something in your blood which identified it's, it shows that you have extremely high risk of uh, you know getting colon cancer or you already have colon cancer stage one well this is amazing rather than just going through colonoscopy i was delaying mine for like two years so like there's so many things you can prevent and i can go on and on just you know, giving you the story like how inbox diagnostic can be important tool for you I mean, not only like to just to do self-diagnosis, but even like start a conversation yeah. with doctor. I'm not saying you need to like become your own doctor, right? But just part of this conversation is is um, really important. And and the third piece of it, and I'm really excited about this whole thing. This whole arrival of artificial intelligence to healthcare. It's just a revolution. So like, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So last two years, when I've done my health check in a human longevity center in san diego in california it was first uh, like full body mri but the, the whole scan was first pre-analyzed by artificial intelligence and then i have a discussion with my radiologist and artificial intelligence plus human intelligence uh, do miracles so uh, detection rate for early stage breast cancer you know with human radiologists he or she working under time pressure and imagine they always working under time pressure, is 38%. The same person equipped and supported by artificial intelligence algorithm, detection rate goes from 38% to 98, 99%. That's amazing. This is amazing, right? And if you look at this in like three Tesla MRI machines, uh, uh, like uh, this is just a you know, supercomputer and they, they, they update the AI algorithm every month. So just to be better and better with detection of really early signs of diseases in our body and in our mind and give us an opportunity to be like as preventive and proactive about our health as possible. And do you think all this data will live in our devices, like in our phones or on our tablets? We'll have access to yeah. it to pull it up and yeah. down. Yeah, I do think it's gonna be part of our electronic health record. I do think that it, it, we're not going to be just carrying this with us because like the, um, our wearables, our smartphones uh, uh, can use this space to, to bring us more and more uh, positive health-related features. Uh, it's going to be somewhere in the cloud. And you know, obviously with a little bit of you know, ethical changes, regulatory changes and, and technological breakthroughs, we'll be able to leverage this uh, to the maximum. I am so excited about that. You know, now that we've made the breakthrough with virtual medical sessions or people can wrap their heads around this artificial intelligence next level reporting and data. And I'm already dialed in and I'm already, I would do that colonoscopy thing. I mean, I still think that I would go get one, but I would also be curious to see, I think doing both. So, yeah, and, I, and again, it's not like, you just rely on only one single test, right. but it's important tool for you to identify like, you know, important condition, which is developing inside your body and, and like seek medical help as early as possible yeah. to survive, recover, and, you know, stay on longevity bridge. So prevention and food are like the two big components of longevity and health span, living a longer, healthier life. And that is the easier things that you can do. But then you have an entire chapter in the book about biotech, which is also very sci-fi and so cool. The ability to regenerate damaged and aged bodies and create new ones. Yeah. 
you know, this is the stem cell therapy, organ regeneration, bionic augmentation, which is, you know, straight out of the movies that we're all watching, right? Like when I grew up, it was like the bionic woman or the $6 million man, like in the seventies and then Gattaca or altered carbon, which is like set 365 years in the future. I'm super into all this stuff or Blade Runner. And now I'm watching the foundation and there's cloning. What's going on here? Break it down for us. Give us an update. So let's talk about organ regeneration and and the power of regenerative medicine. Like the best metaphor uh, to use for that one is us extending the resource of, of old car. So right now, we can extend its life by replacing parts, or you can even replace the engine. Right. So this is going to happen with the human body. And the way I like to do this, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be available in the next 5, 10, 15 years, and we already see a lot of developments on this front. So what are the options that are currently developing? Well, first of all, you can 3D buy a print organ. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we, can, we actually we, we have a lot of developments in this field. Um, it's still at early stage and uh, like 90 to 95% of organs 3D bioprinted in today's world end up in scientific labs. So it's just really good alternative and tool for uh, making a trial. And when we were talking to 3D bioprinting, uh, 3D bioprinting companies, what I learned that two most difficult organs to print is our heart and our brain. Well, I think it's intuitively obvious, but like it's always just, you know, I was curious to learn that. So that's, that's option number one. A second option, you can use other animals to recreate, reproduce, regrow organs, right? And um, uh, you, can, like, you can use pigs, they are the most genetically close to us, or you know, any other options. Like, and a number of technologies which are currently in developments with, you know, uh, um, a different you know, animal-derived uh, material like collagen. So one of the stories, what I like, is Martin Rodblatt, amazing woman and entrepreneur, and her United Therapeutics. They, like, they really like what they're doing in the organ transportation and, and regeneration space. It's just mind-blowing. Uh, it's, it's a public company, already pretty expensive, yeah. so we couldn't pass through Longevity Vision Fund, but like this gives us an opportunity to watch like what they do. And this, it's really amazing. And there's, there's a third technology which is currently in development. And it's done by a company called Igenesis. We invested in them two years ago. They're based in Pittsburgh. What they do, they're using our own lymph nodes as a place, as a bioreactor inside our own body to regrow organs. And this is amazing. So two most uh, like two organs which are in demand right now and i think it's like 95 percent of the organ transportation is kidneys and uh, liver so uh, what they do they take donor liver they split it in 50 to 75 pieces and they put it through very simple operation inside our lymph node and then in the course of three to six months from this kind of nucleus of liver the new organ is growing up inside our body and it supports the function of your currently unfunctioning liver, right? Okay. And uh, it's amazing. Well, well, the beauty of that is it's much cheaper technology. So you have an opportunity to take one donor liver and help 50, 75 people. While in today's world, it's just one donor and one recipient. Yeah, yeah. And it's a huge problem. 
like in US only, we have 117,000 people waiting for donor for, for donor organs. Can you imagine that? Like 17 people die every day because they couldn't survive that long. So that's a huge problem. And this technology can solve this problem and, and give us an opportunity to regenerate uh, kidneys, uh, liver, and even thymus, like the organ responsible for our uh, immune system inside our body. How long before this becomes more mainstream and available? When we invested, they were doing trials with dogs, pigs, uh, uh, primates, mice. Um, uh, they are starting human trial December this year. Oh, they cool. got FDA approval uh, earlier this year. You think this is sci-fi? It's not. No. And they already tried for this trial, and and this is amazing. And uh, so it just you know a few years that we we we're going to be testing this uh, technology and this scientific discovery as well, and before it will become mainstream. And obviously, first it's going to be expensive, then it's going to be less expensive, and then it's going to be like democratized and available uh, uh, to everyone. So this is part of the 15-year prediction, like 10 to 15 years? Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, this is near horizon of longevity. This is 5, 10, 15 years from now. Well, that's, that's it. I, I'm glad you asked this question. So... While we're waiting for this near horizon of longevity innovations to like you know to be available to us right. to arrive to that, uh, for all these technologies and scientific discoveries to be uh, widely available, uh, it's important to stay on longevity bridge. It's important to take care of your health and and level of happiness, your mental, physical, and mental health. Health. Uh, so then, in in like 10, 15 years from now, your body and mind is actually worth extending its resource. So that's that's I think is important to realize and act today. Yeah, I mean, of course. And then, you know, you also talk about stem cell therapy, which it's not as out there as maybe organ regeneration or 3D printing of your organs, but it's becoming more mainstream. So how has that evolved over the years and where do you see it going? Number one, stem cell therapy is, is a really important and powerful tool. So that's, that's for sure. And I do think it's going to be essential part uh, of, you know, all of the options that we will have in the next 5, 10, 15 years from now, yeah. within the new horizon of logic innovation. So that's one. In fact, that this the organ generation company like Genesis, the one which works with regrowing livers, uh, it's actually using stem cells therapy as a way to support the regrowing process inside your body. So this is, this is, in addition to you know technology and it's essential part of technology that they invented so that's that's kind of one thought it's super powerful it's fundamentally a different way uh for us to influence our longevity organ regeneration you know support our health it's a fixed health problem so that's one second piece we're still at early stage of development of that and that's why there's only i think it's like 10 plus uh, different stem cell uh therapy interventions, which are approved in, approved in U.S. And for the rest, you need to go like to Panama, to Bahamas, you know, to, so it's different conditions, different right. degree of risk. So, so my advice is, I mean, if you can wait another five years until it's going to be approved and we will understand better, not only the opportunities, but also the risk associated with stem cell therapy, wait. If this is like, if you're about to die and this is your like the only chance, then you know, have a discussion with your doctor. Is there anything he or she will recommend you in terms of like, you know, stem cells um, 
uh, therapies. You know, you also in your book, you talk about genetic engineering and how human genome sequencing is paving the way for all these new technological advancements in healthcare and on the longevity landscapes. Well, first of all, I'd like to say, if we're going to live beyond 150 years on this planet, it's going to be due to two things. One is argumentation, which is, you know, combining man and machine. And the second piece is, uh, is because of uh, gene editing and gene therapy. So uh, and in the last 30 years, we've done it like amazing job with kind of discovering the ways to influence our genetic setup. Like 30 years ago, it was it took 13 years in the US and $3 billion to sequence one human genome. Right now, it's just, you know, a few hours and a few hundred dollars. And that's it. So uh, look at this. Or gene therapy. Um, 20 years ago, it was available only over gene editing in form of CRISP. It was available only to like literally a handful of people who were right. about to die and had nothing to lose in this world. Right now, we're all participating in a mass experiment. And for me, it's a positive experiment in gene therapy because Moderna and some other um, uh, COVID vaccines, mRNA vaccines, is the outcome of gene therapy technology. Right. And this is great. Like, yeah, 50, 100 years ago, it will take us decades to develop the cure or vaccine against COVID. Right. right now, it was just a matter of you know days or weeks to develop this vaccine. You need to test that. But in the end of the day, this is this is the success story behind what we managed to develop that uh, in in a field of uh, gene. It's called genomic medicine, which is you know gene editing, gene therapy as well. Um, the most important part. Uh, we already know all 3,000 genes inside our DNA, which are, which are responsible for longevity, for longer living. And uh, we can influence these genes. Yeah. And this is where the future of uh, genomic medicine and the future of age reversal and, and the future of us fighting age-related diseases. Right. So that's, that, it's, just, it, it's really been beautiful development. It's really hot topic. Uh, we see a lot of investments going to this field. I just want to mention one thing. So in addition to like scientific discoveries, technological breakthroughs, we also need to work on the ethical side of it. Yes. Who, who can have access to that? How we regulate this? Uh, I, I don't want to develop something which will be available for billionaires only. Right. I want to have like a very democratic, affordable version of you know all of this uh well like, i mean if you look at vaccination right yeah you know we we've, we've developed uh this as a pretty uh you know affordable price as well so i'm really hopeful with with you know this whole development in this field i think it comes down to money right like not money from the people being able to afford it but money from the makers from the manufacturers from the companies yeah. being able to make money selling it and you know, not having to go through a ton of red tape or having to have it be like part of the health insurance. I mean, it's all about. Yeah. In, in terms of the like government decisions that like do experiment, go to CVS or yeah. Walgreens and ask them for a drug against aging or age related diseases. They would think you're crazy. They would send you to cosmetics or uh, to supplements. You know, this is counterintuitive. We know like with you know, every year of your age after turning 50, your chances to get killer diseases are just growing in an exponential rate. 
So we need we we need well in addition to fighting any particular diseases like you know cancer diabetes, right. we need to have uh, the methods right intervention and drugs to uh, focus and fight aging in its core. So that's that's really important and government decision or regulator's decision to recognize aging as disease or as an important risk factor will create this whole economic model. People will invest more money there yeah. and, and we, we will uh, uh, win the fight against that. This is, this is the things which happened with HIV, yeah. things which happening with cancer. We're right in the middle of winning the war against cancer because of 80 to 100 billion dollars put by biotech investors, big pharma, into developing cancer therapy. And it starts from expensive side. And then in the course of like five, 10, 15 years, it's gonna, it's it's becoming more and more affordable and affordable. Similar to like smartphones, like right. 20 years or 25 years ago, right. they were like $10,000 a piece. Right now, I mean, $100 or in China, it's like $10 for a new smartphone. Right. Uh, that, the same thing will happen with a lot of different inventions. That makes sense. And I think, you know, speaking of, longevity, living longer, we also then have to think about the bigger question, which is, you know, are people going to continue working? You know, what's going to happen with the retirement age? Are, you know, how long, you know, you'll, you'll want to keep working. You'll want to stay married longer or maybe not. I mean, you know, all the things that, you know, come with living career, marriage, the environment, climate change. I mean, these are all things that we have to think about. Exactly. So my favorite chapter in the book uh, called Morality of Immortality, and I've just done a TEDx talk. It is about ethics of living longer. And, and in a nutshell, I'm talking about that we've developed you know, all these technologies to extend our life, but we still haven't developed the life that we want to extend. Right. So I do believe that if, we, if we're going to be living longer or much longer, the, a lot of things should change in our society and our ethics. Like our relationship with mother nature, as you mentioned. This whole social constructs that we know, like career, uh, marriage, uh, retirement, pension funds, they all you know, were constructed to the world where the average lifespan was 35 years. Yeah. Right now, like, you know, we will have to work more, but not in a binary way, like, you know, this is my full-time job, you know, I'm now, you know, on my full-time retirement. Or marriage, like two-thirds of the marriages go through divorce stage in the first five to seven years, depending on the country you look at. So, you know, can we help people and bring more diversity of, uh, to couples, right? To people who want to partner with um, uh, with their partner. Uh, uh, and uh, it can be like kids raising partnership. Uh, or, you know, any other construct like career, like, can I have as many careers as decades in my life? Yeah, there's so many, like, what do I do with kids from, you know, multiple generations? Like, you know, I really don't know. So, you know, all of these things, they, on one side, they kind of concerning, on the other side, it's just an opportunity for us to rethink our society and our social constructs and, and bring more diversity and freedom of choice to, you know, all the people. And again, relationship with mother nature, um, uh, inequality gap is, yeah. is an important part of it. Yeah, I don't want to live in a world where you know inequality gap is widening. I want to live in a world where longevity or affordable healthcare can actually unite people. I think that's a it's a it was a great chapter in your book, and I think it's a really important topic. And I get a lot of questions about that: living longer, living healthier, and then I don't know. I'm really I'm really excited about the future. I think 
you know, the whole longevity landscape and all of this science and biotech and technology is amazing. And I'm just grateful for people like you that are, you know, out there doing it, building the funds, building the research. So thank you. Thank you very much, Marnie. You're doing a great job. In the, uh, this, this whole, uh, you know, beautiful news that we can bring for the benefit of uh, all of us on the planet. Thank you very much. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 